Come on, church. You can do better than that. He's, he's worthy. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Isn't the Lord good? He sure is. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter number 4. I'll just read a couple verses and let you sit down. I know it seems like you've been standing forever, but that's all right. God, God's worthy. He deserves our best. Amen. Amen. If you are a first-time attender, I, I usually do this after you sit down, but if you are, do we have any first-time attenders here this morning? If you are a first-time attender and you filled out one of those prayer cards, if you don't mind, could you hold it up real high, hold it up high enough so they can see you and just wave a little bit and we're going to run and get them real quick. If you finish uh, filling that out, we want to be praying for you and praying that God will help you and God will meet your need. Everybody has needs. I don't care who they are. When you come in this building, everybody has issues, everybody has problems. Am I right about that? We all got them, amen, and we want to pray for you and pray God blesses you. I've been blessed already. I'm telling you, I'm tickled to death to be here. There's no place like home. None, zero, no place like home. Joshua 4, verse 1, if you found your spot, say amen. I want to, there's three things I want to accomplish today. Three things I want to accomplish today. I want us to remember, first off, first off, I want us to remember. If we don't do anything, I, I want us to remember what God has done for us. Secondly, I want to rejoice about it. The Bible says we're to rejoice always, and again, I say rejoice. Amen? I, this is a day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We need to remember what God has done for us, and we need to rejoice about it. And then the third thing is I want us all to rededicate today. I don't care who you are, where you are in your spiritual life. We can all get better, and I want to get better. Amen, church? Well, let's, let's read, and, and we'll accomplish these things today. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man. In other words, I want a representative for every single tribe of Israel, so that every tribe has somebody invested in this deal. And command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, Twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place, wherein ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, one out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take you upon every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel." that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a what? A memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your anointing. Lord, I thank you for a place that desires to hear from you. God, we are your children sitting in your house reading your word and enjoying your presence. Now, God, I pray that you'll unveil to us and reveal to us, Lord, what you want us to know today. When we leave this building, we can say what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, and heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. And God will thank you for all that you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
And amen. You may be seated. I, I want to preach this morning on the subject or the topic, never forget. Say it with me. Never forget. Never forget. The greatest danger in the American church today is not the atheist on the outside. It's not the liberal in the White House. It's not the Congress. It's not the drunk on the street. It's not the person in the crack house. The greatest danger to the American church is not what's on the outside. It's what's sitting on the inside. The Bible says this. God knew our potential. God knew who we are. The Bible says he knoweth our frame. He knows us on the inside. He knows us on the outside. He's got every hair on our head numbered. He knows everything about us. And before they went into the promised land, Moses warned them, and this is what he said in Deuteronomy 8:11, "Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God." In not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I commanded thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied. And all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You know what he was saying? The greatest danger that you have is not the enemy surrounding you. It's your own mind forgetting what God has done. Forgetting the blessings of God. Thinking that, hey, it was by your hand, by your ability, by your talent that has made you what you are. When you have the houses that you want, when you have the gold that you're looking for, when you have the vineyards that you're going to get, don't ever forget what I have done. Don't ever forget where you was when I found you. Don't ever forget the hand of God in your life. And I'm telling you, there's so many places in America, there's so many churches in America that's built on talent and built on ability, and they forgot the hand of God. They've forgotten that it is God that hath made us and not we ourselves. They've forgotten that we are his sheep and the people of his pasture. Are y'all with me today? We need to remember never forget. Never forget how we got here. Never forget. Hey, listen, I remember being in the little building. I remember God touching down there. I remember the first day I met you, Jeff. I remember walking up on this platform. I remember it all. And I'm telling you this. It's not talent that done it. It's not good people that's done it. It's not ability that's done it. It's the hand of God. It's the presence of God. I don't have the ability to do it. You don't have the ability to do it. But there is a God in heaven who has decided to camp out on the corner of campground road in 157 and I'm telling you nobody ever needs to forget it was God never forget never forget and when they was going in now here we are here we are on the edge of the Jordan River. They've gone through the wilderness and now they're fixing to cross over into the promised land. They're fixing to cross over into the place that God has prepared for them. The place that God has destined them to be. And here they are in the Jordan and he told them, take the high priest in the Ark of the Covenant and walk out into that river. And the water went aside just like the Red Sea. And they all come across. How many of them? Here we are. Here we are. Here they are. And, 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 and he says, I want you to do this. Now, let me say this. Let me, let me clarify when I said all. All the ones that God intended to come across. There was two tribes that stayed on the other side, but all the men of war came across to get the job done. Say amen. You know what? That's a, just, a, just a thought. That means this. When you've got your victory, you need to help somebody else get their victory. Are y'all with me? Anyhow, here we are. He says, go back. 
into the middle of that river and take you 12 men and get you a stone on top of their shoulder and come up and set up a memorial here where you lodge so that in the days to come, when, when your children shall come up, and boy, we need our children to ask us about God, don't we? We're losing generations of children. We're losing generations of young people. They need to know the God that filled that building. They need to know the God that built this building. They need to know the God. Listen, they don't need to hear about what he used to do. They need to hear about what he is doing. Amen. He said, I want you to set up a memorial so that when your children come and they ask, what do these stones mean? What is this right here? And you can tell them about all I've done for you. Can I tell a story? Because I'm going to anyhow. Amen. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this old gray-haired grandpa? He's walking along with his son, grandson. Little grandson got him by, you know, got him by the hand. And they walk across this memorial. Twelve stones set up, grass already growing around it, moss growing on the rocks. And the little grandson is intrigued, and he said, Papa, what does this mean? Papa, what are, what are these stones? What, what is this about? He said, oh, son, I've been waiting on you to get old enough for me to tell you. But these stones represent a few things that you really need to know. How many of y'all in here saved? How many of y'all know your children, your grandchildren need to know about the God who saved you? Hey, little Nova's coming along. She needs to know about God. And old, and old grandpa's sitting there and saying, son, I want to tell you what these stones mean. One day, we were in a bad way. One day, your people and my people we were in a land called Egypt, far away. And in that land called Egypt, we were all slaves. Really, Papa, we were slaves? We were all slaves. Well, what does these rocks mean? Well, let, let me get to it. Let me get to it. In that land, we couldn't, we couldn't help ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't change our situation. We were in bondage. We were in bitterness. We were suffering. We were in a bad way. Well, what does this mean, Paul? Paul, it means number one, there was a day that God came searching. Say amen. Say it with me. God came searching. He came looking for me. I was reading over there when God came up to Moses out in that wilderness at the burning bush. How many of y'all know that was a great story? In that story, in that burning bush experience, Moses said, I'm going to turn aside to see this thing. And God says, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. And it says in verse 6 of Exodus 3, it says, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, this is what he said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard the cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows when Jesus came searching, when God came searching for the nation of Israel. He told Moses, he said, I have seen, he said, I have heard, and he said, 
I know how many of y'all are glad that God sees you in your situation that you're in right now. He sees the condition that you are right now. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that's bringing tears to your eyes and keeping you up at night, God sees you in your condition, and he knows all about it, and he cares about you. Somebody needs to say amen. I didn't go looking for him. I didn't know who he was to go looking for. He came looking for me. I couldn't get to where he was, so he came to me. It's like King David when he went to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was in a place called Lodibar or no pasture, but there was a king in a palace on a throne who thought more about one who had nothing, who was broke. He couldn't fix himself. He was a cripple and came to where he was. Say amen. Paul, Paul, what do these stones mean? One day God came searching. God came searching. We cried out. And he heard my cry. Don't quit praying, people. Don't quit praying. Greg, y'all been going through it, Bubba. Don't quit praying. You're going to want to give up. And the devil's going to tell you, you're wasting your time. But I'm telling you. God is just as real the day today that was the day he saved you. And I'm telling you, you may feel alone sometimes in your valley. But God hears every prayer that you pray. The psalmist said it this way. I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me. In other words, he leaned my direction. He inclined unto me and he heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my foot on a rock and established my going and put a new song in my mouth. I don't have to sing them old songs no more. I don't have to sing your cheating heart. I'm singing I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been redeemed. Amen. I got a song. Some of y'all need to get a song. What's God done for you? What's God need to do for you? Everybody's, everybody's got issues. Everybody's hurting. There's people. I know. I know. Man in the early service. Lightning hit his house. Boom. Burn it to the ground. No insurance whatsoever. In here, praising Jesus in the early service. Everybody's got issues. People here today right now that's going to the doctor and got bad news. But you know what? God's still real. God's still powerful. And he's still searching. And he still hears. And he still knows. Say amen. God cares. Behold, casting all of your care upon him. For he careth for you. Two, two, two words, same, same, same English word, two different Greek words. Casting all your care. Those things that distress you, those things that discourage you, those things that, listen, will make you cry at night. Give them to God. Why? For He careth. I looked that up in my strong concordance. I'm telling you, I about had a running fit. This is what it means. It matters to Him. It matters to Him whether I'm broken or not. It matters to him whether I'm worried or not. Now, 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 let's clarify who we're talking about. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The God of all glory. The creator of the universe. It matters to him how you're doing. And he came searching, son. He came looking for us. We cried unto him and he heard us. And he came looking. We cried in our affliction and he heard us. And he came looking. Paul, Paul. Is that all that means? Oh, no, son. Oh, no. He not only came searching. 
He came saving. He came saving. You see, in that land of Egypt, we were under, under a difficult taskmaster. And God brought plague after plague after plague after plague. And he was doing everything against the gods of Egypt. Every plague represented a different god of Egypt. And God, listen, God in heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was sowing his sovereignty and superiority of the false gods of man. But he wouldn't let us go. Well, what happened, Paul Paul? Well, one day, God came to Moses. Listen, God came to Moses. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I want you to take a lamb. This lamb needs to be a lamb without spot and without blemish. And I need you to take that lamb and kill that lamb and take the blood of that lamb and put it on the doorpost and the lintel. Apply that blood because I'm coming in judgment. The Bible says, the Bible says in verse 12 of Exodus 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And I like this verse. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. What does that mean? Listen, three things here I want you to see. And when God came saving, first, first he destroyed the slave master. You see, you got to understand something. And for us to have true freedom, for us to have true freedom as God's children, that person or that thing or that situation that had us in bondage has to be destroyed. He can't just set you free. He has to destroy what it was that had you bound or he could go bind you again. Are you all with me? And when he come, he destroyed Pharaoh in that river, in that, in that Red Sea, if you will. Why? Because you need to understand the devil was defeated at Calvary. It was, listen, y'all ain't getting it. Do you realize, you say, what well, the devil's been on my back all day and the devil's been riding me like a pony. It's time to take the saddle off because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Satan is a defeated foe and you need to tell him. He destroyed the slave master. He delivered the suffering and brought them out of Egypt. But through the, through the illustration of the deliverance of the nation of Israel, he displayed a savior. That lamb that was without spot and without blemish. Listen, it was a representation and a picture of the Lamb of God that John the Baptist seen walking down the River Jordan when he was baptizing that day and said, there he is, there he I told you he was coming. I told you all about him. I told you I wasn't he. I was just a voice crying in the wilderness. I told you there was somebody coming that I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe. I told you that I baptized with water, but there's one coming that's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I told you there he is. That's the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Say amen. God came saving. Paul, Paul, is that all that means? Oh, no. Oh, no. These stones, they mean this. God came searching. How many of y'all glad God came looking for you? Listen, God, I'm glad God didn't just come to find us where we was. He knew what to do when he got there. 
He's always got a plan. He's always got a plan. The problem that you're facing right now that you think, how in God's name am I going to get through this? He's already been in that day. And he already knows what to do. When they, when, when they run out of food, and the, and the disciples said, what are we going to do? According to the Gospels, the Bible said Jesus already knew what he was going to do. So when you get to that place in your life, you say, preacher, I don't know what I'm going to do. Don't fret, because he already knows. That's when you step back and said, okay, God, I don't have a plan. What's yours? How many of y'all today need to try that this week? How many of y'all feel like you've been to the end of your rope this week and back? God never told us to understand him. He just said, trust him. Amen? God came searching. But what? But Paul, Paul, you said it meant something else. Yeah, son, it does. Well, what happened? Well, son, we come out of Egypt. We come out of Egypt. We were celebrating. We were so excited. We were free. We were so excited. We don't have to build bricks no more. We were so excited that slave master wasn't hitting us with whips and chains anymore. We were so excited. We was, we was rejoicing when, when God killed Pharaoh in the Red Sea. Miriam got her tambourine and we had a party. We were worshiping. We were rejoicing. We were excited about what God was doing. I'm telling you, we was having a big time. How many of y'all know when y'all got saved how, how excited you were? Well, Paul, Paul, what happened after that? He said, well, we got out here in the middle of the desert. Well, then what happened? Nothing. That was the problem. We didn't have no water. We didn't have no food. We didn't have anything. Y'all remember, y'all remember the days that the, 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 let's see how I can put this. The high of the newly saved person came to reality that you're still living on this crooked earth. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, when, 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 when a lot of times when, when baby Christians first get saved, we think it's, everything's going to be great now. The, the, the red light's always going to turn green. When I pull in the parking lot, I'm always going to get a front close parking spot. Say amen. Bless God, that's anointing. I mean, things when you first get saved, the birds sound sweeter. And I mean, everything goes your way. God brings you in slowly. Amen. And all of a sudden, reality hits. We're still in this earth. Bad things happen to good people. We are called to suffer. And by the way, if this is your best life now, I hate to be you. Some of y'all catch that. This ain't our best life. The Bible says the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the glory that shall be. So if you're looking for your best time now, you need to quit reading that book and get your Bible. We're going to suffer. We're going to, we're going to have need. And he said, what happened, Paul, Paul? Did you starve to death? Oh, no. Because God not only came searching and he, he not only comes saving, but God comes supplying. Preacher, what am I saying? I'm saying this. Sometimes we'll go through difficulties. But I promise you this. We'll never go without. Did y'all hear what I said? Now, I don't, I don't want to, and I'm, I'm about a God who, I, I'm a, I believe in the same God of the I shall not want. He's the same God of my cup runneth over. 
Y'all with me? And there's so many Christians that live in defeat and live in, in, in lack because they don't put faith in Christ and, and they just don't believe that God can and God will. God will, but sometimes we have to go through I shall not want and that I shall not want means I'm going to have just enough. There's going to be times in our life that are lean. Paul said this, I've learned to be hungry and I've learned to be full. I've learned to have it all and I've learned to have nothing. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid there's a false gospel being preached in America that if you get saved, everything's going to be great then. And that's not the case. But regardless of your situation, regardless of whether you're in the city of Egypt or in the city of Jerusalem or in the middle of the backside of a desert where there is nothing, the same God can meet your need. Let me, let me, let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says... Psalm 70, Paul, Paul, what happened? He said, son, you ain't going to believe it. You ain't going to believe it. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you, but you ain't going to believe it. But you can trust me on this. Paul, Paul, what happened? Tell me what happened. God sent us bread from the bakery of heaven. Some of y'all look like that little fella does right now. I don't believe that. Well, how many of y'all got a, a, a Bible? Now, if you don't have a Bible that says it this way, you need to get one that does. This is what it says. Psalm 78, verse 23. Now, I'm saying that. I'm reading right out of my Bible. Right out of my Bible. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven. The doors of what? Heaven. And had rained down manna upon them to eat. And had given them the corn of heaven. I didn't even know he had a garden. Preacher, what are you saying? You may be in the wilderness where there is nothing, but there's always corn in heaven. Well, what good is it going to do me down here? The Bible said, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He calls an east wind to blow. Y'all ain't getting him. He, he calls an east wind to blow into heaven. And by his power, he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like the sand of the sea. Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. What are you saying? I don't care what happens in the economy. I don't care what happens in the White House. I don't care what happens in the State House. There's always bread in the Father's house. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken. Never have I seen the righteous begging bread. Preacher, what are you saying? Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory. I'm telling you, my Father is loaded. Are y'all with me? Let me give you three things, and I'll quit. Give me, give me volume. Don't back me up now. I need volume. Help me. I'm losing my voice. I blowed it out in the first one, too. And we got one more to go. Amen? My God. That's the source of our supply. It's not your, it's not your insurance. It's not your Social Security. It's not your job. How many of y'all have come to realize how, how temporary jobs can be? You see, if you're dependent on your job to supply your need, you're in trouble. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. They're all pitiful. 
They're all a mess. They're all, I said they're all a mess. Our country's a mess. But I'm not depending on Obama or Romney to set my table. My God. I, I got to quit. Say amen. He's the source. See, if you're depending on all this other stuff, you're going to have to take Valium. Are y'all with me? Now, I don't condone drinking. I'm against alcohol. I, all of it. Every form, NyQuil and all. NyQuil's Baptist bourbon. Say amen. I, whatever. <laughs> I may need some in a little bit. I don't know. But I tell you this. If I was trusting in the government to supply my need, I'd need a drink. I'm just trying to be honest with y'all. I'm not trusting in that. Why? My God. You think he can? Can he? He supplied a table in the wilderness. He brought water out of a rock. You mean to tell? Yeah, he'll go in the cafeteria glory and send you bread if you need it. Amen. Why y'all looking at me that way? I just read it out the Bible. See, y'all ain't been reading your Bible. We have found out, we have found out that there's a garden in heaven. We have found out that God will ration the angels to make sure you've got something to eat. Is that not what it says? What kind of food did he say man ate? It was banana manna pudding. Say man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Got, got a little carried away right there. I apologize. My God. That's the source of our supply. Shall supply. That's a surety. It didn't say might supply. I don't, I don't serve a might God. I serve a shall God. That's a surety of his supply. And then the scope of his supply. All your needs. Now here's what's happening. Now, now some of y'all put your seatbelt on because it's going to get rocky. And I got a minute and a half. I know I wasn't supposed to say nothing about time, but I couldn't help it. It slipped. Some of you are upset because you may have lost something in this bad economic situation. Well, if God's real, why did I lose? Or why did we? It could be because we didn't need it. Because he said, my God shall supply all your now, I believe with all of my heart. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't stone me. Don't stone me. But I believe that, that God is going to bring America to her knees. Because God has blessed America, and we've got big houses and big cars, and we've got, we've got stuff coming out our ears. No matter how poor you are in here. You're richer than, than 80% of the whole entire world. And I'm afraid that we have gotten this idea that stuff. And God's going to make sure you have your needs. Well, I need, you, you, you'll be amazed at what you don't need. When the kids went to Louisiana and they saw guys digging out of trash cans trying to get a wrapper from McDonald's just to have something to eat. It changed those kids' minds about what they thought they needed. 
So when you get mad at God because your Mercedes got, 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 got towed and repoed, understand that maybe you didn't need that. Maybe it was that that kept you stressed out with that, that humongous car payment and you couldn't trust God. All I'm saying, God's never let one of his children starve to death. You may eat yourself to death, but there's never been a child of God to starve to death. He'll bring a raven to bro- drop you meat by the brook. Paul, Paul, what do these stones mean? It means this. God came searching one day. How many of y'all get, uh, uh, glad God came looking for you? Son, it means God came saving. How many of y'all glad God saved you right where you was? How many of y'all glad God's still supplying your need right now? I don't have what I want, but I bet you got what you need. Here's what I want y'all to do. When you leave here and go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, even though his finger looking good, I don't want you to brag on the chicken. I want you to brag on the God that gave it to you. I heard about a group that's criticizing Temple at a restaurant to a, a waiter that's lost that we've been witnessing to and witnessing to and witnessing to, and, and he loves Temple to death. Well, these people from another church are criticizing Temple. Well, he heard it. Never tell a lost waiter that loves the church you're criticizing what you're doing. Say amen. They mess with your food. Say amen. <laughs> now, he didn't. <laughs> but boy, he let him know what he thought. Now here's what I need you to do. No matter what happens the rest of, till Jesus comes at Temple Baptist Church, don't nobody ever leave Temple Baptist Church and criticize another human being, criticize another church, criticize another work, criticize anything. Just brag on God. Just brag on Jesus. And when they hear, what means these stones? Say, one day God came searching. God came saving. In that wilderness, in that time of need, God always supplied. And all God's people say, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, help us today. In Jesus' name, have a spirit of remembrance in this place. God, give us a spirit of rejoicing spirit of rededication. Father, I pray the 